At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. We did it. We time-traveled to yesterday. Wait, Progressive covers us 24-7, but we just created an eight-day week, and it's 24-7 coverage, not 24-8. We gotta go back. Are you joking right now? Shh, I'm calling them. Hi, I have a question about time travel. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. G'day, everyone. Happy Friday. Lauren Cress, the business scientist here. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're looking forward to a lovely weekend. I'm looking out the window at the moment. I'm like, definitely going to be going for a swim after I publish this or schedule it to publish because it is lovely outside. It's these moments that I feel very lucky to be living near the beach. Uh, So that's not what we're talking about today. Today we're talking about this problem that like I've faced personally a lot of my clients face and I think generally people who are providing it this is a weird contradiction but it's like when you're providing more value you actually might be having more of this problem so this is the problem of not being able to really guarantee a result or promise you know a certain outcome from the work that you do with a client so this is really, really valuable as a lot of as a lot of the shows I do, because of the sort of the my experience and the the primary audience of my primary network of people who are, you know, in the small business space, providing a service, providing a premium service usually where they're charging a bit of money for it. Like that's that's a lot of what makes up the Australian uh, business sort of industries, right? Where like small businesses, service providers, either for other businesses or for individuals. So this is really useful if you're in that space, but it's also useful if you're doing like anything that's like subscription or, you know, product-based, it's still going to be useful because I'm talking about that issue that we have of like sort of being quite smart and strategic. And because we're smart and strategic and providing expert level advice and value we're able to deal with things that are quite nuanced but that's actually quite hard to communicate in a concrete way so if you've been like okay we had to to change what we're doing this year and we don't have any case studies yet if you're kind of like I can't promise an exact outcome that's not how my business works if you're like you know what I really don't want to offer a cookie cutter approach to this that's what everyone else is doing and that's shit it's actually really shit and this is causing all these problems for people who then come and see me who go I went to the cookie cutter person and it wasn't good if you're in that one of those categories you're really really going to get a lot out of today's episode because that's what I'm talking about I'm talking about the fact that that's a good thing that we're like that and what you can do to approach your market differently and and build your brand differently uh, because I think just oh, no one else is really talking about this. I mean, maybe some people are, but I haven't. Like I spent a lot of time looking at that kind of content that's out there going, what are people saying? And it's like a lot of people talking about just be super, super results oriented. I want to talk about some of the pitfalls of that. So anyway, when we get onto the main part of the live stream, you're going to hear me say probably a bit of that again because <laughs> I kind of introduced the topic. What I also wanted to share at the beginning of this episode was – I'm noticing that a lot of 
people, like I've been looking at what people are listening to and downloading on this show. And I'm like, oh, it's a pretty big bank of content now, right? It's over 70 episodes at the moment. So I'm like, if you're a new listener and what I'm seeing is like a lot of people are listening to season four stuff. And that's kind of good because it's like, this is the stuff that's current and this is the stuff that's actually happening right now and probably the most relevant to you. However, I know there are also other people who are kind of going back through the podcast and maybe listening to episodes here and there. I can see that happening as well. I can see certain episodes are attracting people's attention and others aren't and, you know, probably don't feel as relevant. So what I've decided to do to kind of help, if you kind of want to go back through the podcast and figure out, okay, what's the juiciest episodes? What's the, what's the best? What I've done is I've put together a playlist on Spotify that is kind of like my picks for the show. So throughout the whole show, there's shows that I'm like, that was, you know, this is an episode I'm really, really happy with. There's other episodes I'm like, yeah, it's good. But like, and there's other episodes that I'm like, oh, this is when I was just starting out um, the show. And so I was still kind of finding my feet. So what I've done is just pick like my, you know, top, top picks. And if you go onto Spotify and you look up Grow Your Brand, Lauren Picks, you will find that playlist. It's a public playlist. And you can have a listen to the shows that I would recommend new listeners listen to. Uh, So you can kind of like catch up without having to listen to everything. So I hope that's helpful. If you haven't had a chance to rate and review the show yet, please also do that. You can head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash grow your brand. And from there, you can rate it on like a number of different podcasting platforms. So instead of having to like try to find an Apple and et cetera, et cetera, just go to ratethispodcast.com forward slash grow your brand or one word, and you'll be able to rate it on your preferred platform. So it just makes it super, super easy, something new I'm trying out and uh, really, really appreciate those ratings and reviews. It really, really does help to grow the show. The other thing you can do if you want to support the show is tell your friends about this. If there's a particular episode that you're like, that would really help this person. You know what? You can even use it as a way to start reconnecting with someone who might be a client. Like when you send people content that you're like, oh, that's actually, you know, something we were talking about. Hey, I heard this podcast show was talking about exactly what we're talking about. It gives you an opportunity to have a conversation again. So if it's kind of like being being thoughtful, right? And thinking about that client. So if there's someone that you're like, this would actually really help them um, for this prospect or lead, uh, you know, you can share this with them or if it's just, you know, friends, family, all that kind of stuff. One thing we're going to be talking about in the upcoming Monday motivation episodes for the next few weeks is more around customer experience. I talk about this more at the end of the podcast show as well. Uh, So we're going to be talking about those little things that you can do to kind of stay top of mind, those little things that you can do to let people know that you're thinking about them um, and sort of use that as an opportunity to potentially sell if it's if it's the right time. So moving more into from away from how to get customers and more how to like keep customers, how to build a fan base with your customers so that you can generate more business. Uh, so I'm look, looking forward to sharing that with you in the coming weeks. Uh, final, final thing is to help me keep this show going. Look, I mean, I want to keep this show going. I, I, I can't see myself stopping this show, but there's a lot of effort and uh, finance that goes into putting this show together. So anything that you can do to help support me to keep doing this work would be super valuable 
To do that, you just need to head over to Kofi. It's ko-fi.com forward slash Lauren Cress. And essentially you pay the price of a cup of coffee and it helps me with the show. Uh, you can do it at the moment. I've got it so that you can do it as a once off thing or you can do it as a once a month thing or you can buy a few coffees at a time. The once a month thing is the most helpful um, and really appreciate. I mean, it's like four bucks a month and you get 12 episodes. So I'm like, that's a pretty good deal. It's a lot cheaper than, you know, doing a course, a lot cheaper than doing a course. So anything that you can do there uh, to help me really appreciate it. We're just about to get onto the main part of the show. There might just be a little quick ad break here and I'll be back in a tick. Oh, okay. So, uh, sorry, one more thing. I just, as I was just finishing off this episode and finalizing it, and I'd already recorded the intro, I got a message from Renee Hasseldean, who is the author of the book that I mentioned in this podcast. The book is called Game Changer. It's about these four sort of models that you can use to help you productize your offer. It's amazing. It has been, it has been a game changer uh, for me. It's what inspired me to design those six interview formats. And what Renee has offered uh, to my audience here is if you guys like, you can go and grab a free copy of her book. Uh, it's a really, really great book. It is one of those books that you go, this is so made for someone who runs business. But it is to the point, it's like got dot points in it. It's got illustrations in it. It's like you will just, it will completely change the way you think about how to tell these stories for your business and you can get it for free if you're a listener to this show. So all you need to do, and the link will be in the show notes, all you need to do is go to thinkwrapped.com forward slash grow your brand or one word. Thinkwrapped is spelled R-A-P-T. And like I said, the link will be in the show notes, but here's the important part. To get the free book, you need to type in the coupon code Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N. And that proves that you obviously listen to this show and that you are entitled to a free copy of the book. So really excited to be able to offer that to you. I'm going to have Renee on the show in a future episode as well. So we're just organizing that. Um, but if you enjoyed this episode, that will be really, really useful for you. So now we will get on to the main part of the show today. Today I want to talk about sort of almost like this hype that's arisen around being really results oriented when it comes to putting your marketing messages together. Now, if you are on, if you're a business owner or an entrepreneur and you're on Facebook, you're on YouTube, you're on LinkedIn, you've probably been promoted ads. And I always like to start with this because I'm like, this is what we, we see, right? This is what we get bombarded with is those ads that kind of are promising us certain results. So it's like, you just need to do this, this, and this, and we can get you all of these leads, or you just need to do this, this, and this, and you'll get all of this money. You'll get all of this revenue, right? And we've seen this kind of come to come out in the last few years, uh, particularly. And I remember reading, I think back in like 2017, the World Economic Forum put out a, a white paper that was basically saying there was this trend. One of those sort of trends of like the fourth industrial revolution was this gravitation towards selling absolute results. 
Um, and there was a book written that I reviewed a few years ago as well called Absolute Value. And that was kind of the point of that as well was saying like, now we're in this time where you can, you, you're like, I want to buy a computer. All right. Um, what's, what's the computer I'm looking at? Cool. I'm going to go read the reviews about this computer. I think I might download this app. I'm going to go read the reviews about this app. I'm going to listen to this podcast. I'm going to go read the reviews of this podcast. And it was talking about how we are much more likely to trust someone else who is a customer than we are to trust the marketer or we are to trust the brand, right? So it's like when it comes to a a near absolute value, what is this actually worth? If I'm going to invest my time or money into this, what is this worth? What are other people saying about it? And I was thinking about this, I've been thinking about this for a couple of weeks. I wrote down the idea for the show a couple of weeks ago. And then I was chatting with uh, Jules Dan or Julian Danilak, who was on my show. Um, when was he on my show? Last week, I think. Yeah, last week he was on the podcast show. Um, you've probably seen us chatting on LinkedIn a bit. And we were chatting about sort of copywriting and putting together like this email nurture stream and, you know, being a, me being in a position to tell um, stories about customer results. And I'm like, well, they completely vary, right? Because what I'm only like one part of like a big puzzle, like I'm one piece of a very big, big puzzle. Yeah. And so I don't really have like, oh, when people do this, this happens because there's so much other stuff that's going on. It's such a complex thing that I'm not going to be able to really promise like, if you do this, this will happen. And when I talk to people who I know and trust who run really good businesses, who are providing a lot of value and go above and beyond for people, what I've found in common um, with quite a few of them is that they're often saying things like, well, it's not as simple as that. And they're saying, oh, well, yeah, a lot of people are promising that, but it's it doesn't actually really work like that. And so I was thinking about that and thinking about for me as well, like, when you're in, when you're doing something that's actually kind of a little bit more strategic for your clients and you're sort of working with your clients, it's very hard for us to do this results-based sell. And I'm like, is that a disadvantage? Is that an advantage? Like the benefits of having this results kind of tied to what you're doing is it just becomes really clear for the customer to say, okay, this is exactly what I'm getting. The other thing is, particularly if you provide a business service, is that people can tie the the money investment into this as well, right? So, okay, cool. I'm going to pay you $10,000, but I take out $100,000. That's a a no-brainer. That's why didn't you charge me 20? Because like, that's a no-brainer for me, right? Um, And or like I was thinking about like for accountants, you know, if you're kind of going, look, I'm going to do one, we have to legally do all of these things. But two, I'm going to make sure that I maximize the amount of money that you um, get back. I'm going to make sure that we put your business in the best position possible financially and you're paying me less than the money that you're getting back, for instance. It's kind of like, yeah, that's a no-brainer. That's a no-brainer because I I make more than what I pay you. So that's no problems. It's also what like you see on um, Google ads with auctions, right? And, And with Facebook as well. If you know I can put... $500,000 into this system, but I can get a million dollars out. You're kind of like, okay, well, I'll do that. Is that the best way to do it? Maybe not. You could probably optimize it, but there's still is kind of like, that's a no brainer. 
But when we're selling something like, I'll use myself as an example. So for me, I'm like, I help with strategic guidance and I help create content, right? They're essentially the two things that I do. So I work with clients and I go, right, this is what we need to do next for your marketing. And I also go like, right, let's sit down and record a bunch of interviews so you have all of this content. And in both cases, I'm like there to grow the business, right? Like that's that's my ultimate objective and I'm always thinking about that. But at the same time, I'm like, there's so much stuff that varies. Like one client could be like, I have never been out in market before and I have nothing to leverage and I don't have a network and we're starting from scratch. And another client could be like, yeah, I've run two businesses before. I have this network. I've got these speaking gigs coming up. I've got these videos and these assets. And it's like, okay, that they're very different things to be working with. And when we look at how we implement that, we're going to be getting different results. So one thing that has been encouraged in those circumstances for us as consultants and coaches and service-based businesses, but this also applies in the product space as well, what's been encouraged is for us to kind of narrow down the offer so that we can kind of almost have like this cookie cutter solution, right? So it's like, I only work with people who already have this, this, and this asset, and I get them this, this, and this result. And then if I do that over and over again, I'm going to have all of these stories of clients who've gone through from here to here. But the thing is, is like the role of the strategist is to come in and go for your particular scenario and what you can specifically leverage, we need to be doing different things. It's the same when I talk to people who are, who are like life coaches or work in that sort of more like well-being space. They're like, some people are just like, I just want to be able to see my kids more. That's like, family's really important to me. I want to be able to see my kids more because I'm not getting any time with them. And other people might be like, I really need a promotion or I'm in financial distress and I need, I need support for how to deal with that. I'm going through a divorce. Like they're very different circumstances. And so you could either go, and again, this is what's been encouraged. And it's kind of goes back to that, like riches and niches thing. Okay. Just work with the people who want to get more time back with their family. Yes. Yes. You'll get them other results, but just focus on that because then you can tell this story over and over again. I go from, I take people from here to here. The same with like weight loss, right? Like, so you could be like, oh, I can help people get ripped. I can help people um, understand how to get fitter. I can improve people's overall health. Um, but the nice story is, oh, I went from a hundred kilos to 60 kilos. And I, I'm going to target people who just want to do that journey. Okay. I know how to take from hundred kilos to 60 kilos. And this is kind of a bit of my hypothesis with like what's happening here is I think that for a lot of us who actually really love working with different and diverse people and who really like to apply strategic thinking and who really want to help people in different scenarios because it also makes it's, it's what we want to do, we're going to really struggle to do the cookie cutter thing. And I certainly do. I really struggle to do the cookie cutter thing of like, this is always the result. And this is always what we do. Yes, I have processes. Of course, I take people through certain processes to illuminate where we're going in, in terms of like strategic guidance. It's like, where are we going next? How are we going to grow? How fast do you want to grow? What's, what, what does this goal look like for you? And based on that, we're going to change things. That's a, that's kind of something where, 
we have to apply a lot more skill and intelligence to because you can't just keep doing the same thing over and over again because it doesn't work. And so my hypothesis is, is that I think that generally people in this position are at a higher expert level than the people doing the cookie cutter stuff. And I'd be really interested in your thoughts on this. So if you're watching this now or you're watching this on the replay, uh, you know, drop a comment here wherever you're watching this. Or you can also jump on uh, Twitter as well. Laurie, you said, hey, Laurie, uh, brilliant content as always. We'll check the full thing out later when I have time, Loz. <laughs> well, these do go for quite a while, so I can understand not having time to do this. And actually, one thing I'm noticing is like, because I was thinking about it, it, are less people on the live stream than before because um, of the time. But I think also we're in this period now before Christmas where it's actually a really good opportunity to sell and promote. So completely understand for you, Laurie, and for others who watch this back on demand or watch little snippets or listen to it, if that's what you prefer to do, it totally makes sense because I think that's the kind of time we're at at the moment in the time of year we're at. I know, Laurie, you're a brilliant salesperson, so you're probably busy selling. <laughs> so anyway, back to my point, like I'm really curious, curious about this because I think that it's like the, the simplicity can trip us up a little bit. Oh, that's a really simple thing to do. I don't know if this is actually what I really want to do because I, that's not what I'm in love with doing, you know, and it goes back to like, I was like, you got to build a business that brings you joy. It also needs to be a business. Like if it's a hobby, it's a hobby. If it's a business, it's a business, right? But if you can do something, you're like, I can monetize this and it brings me joy. And you know what? It, it actually like, because I don't want to go down this cookie cutter path, this is how I'm going to work. That's not necessarily a bad thing. And I do think another hypothesis I have is I think that people are getting a little bit sick of the results the world promised for like very little. So because we're seeing all of these ads constantly, I think we're going, yeah, yeah, you're going to promise me the world. You're going to say, oh, I'm going to make millions of dollars. Da, 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 da. Awesome. Okay. Like, don't believe you because I've already worked with two people like that who promised me all this stuff, didn't deliver. And now I just think I need to work with someone smarter and more strategic. So I actually think that what we need to be thinking about, if you're kind of like, I'm not doing the cookie cutter thing. I'm not doing a one size fits all solution. And I'm not doing, that's the whole point of what I do. Cause I want to take people on a different journey. What I think we might need to be thinking, what I think we might need to be thinking about is, okay, what about if we think about empathy map wise, the people who are, have been disappointed by the overpromise, have been disappointed by like, oh yeah, I worked with this person who said they charged me two and a half K and they're like, my business is going to skyrocket and it didn't. Okay, where are those people at mindset wise and perhaps actually start looking at promoting ourselves like you've tried this, you've tried that, you've tried this. Now it's time to actually do the real work. This is why this hasn't worked for you. This is why the cookie cutter thing hasn't worked for you. So for me, one thing I look at is I'm like, I'm saying, okay, cool. Like you have done X, Y, Z, but, and, and it, this, this kind of, some people just get it. Like, I don't always have to do this. Like some people are like, no, 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 I want the tailored solution. And I want the, I know that you can't promise things because this is a, this is a startup or this is a business that's just getting off its feet. Of course you can't. That doesn't make sense that you could promise the world and guarantee all these results. So, but sometimes that's the education piece. And also what I'm starting to say more is kind of like, okay, so what, what have you tried? 
And let's talk a little bit about why those things haven't worked. Yeah, because the thing is, is they're saying if you have this, this and this, but you don't. So I know like, for instance, there's people who will go, I got um, promoted to recently actually by someone who does like collaborations with YouTubers who have like a minimum of a thousand subscribers. So I can't remember his name. I think he's based overseas somewhere. I don't think he's in Australia, but um, he was like, uh, you know, I just got like a templated email that was kind of like, Hey, like saw your YouTube channel, saw that we're helping people who are like, a, have a minimum of a thousand subscribers to start a course and do blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, nice. But like, that's the easy part. <laughs> that's how I kind of thought it was like, that's the easy part. The hard part is building the fan base. The, the easy part is going, Oh, cool. You've got a fan base. Here's how you like now launch all of these products. I'm like, yeah, everyone keeps doing that. Everyone keeps going, here is how we can take you to the next next level but there's all these minimum requirements in there and I'm like to get to those minimum requirements is often the hardest part um and so if you're not meeting those minimum requirements and someone takes you on anyway then you're probably going to be disappointed so that's what I'm starting to talk about with people is like okay why hasn't this worked or what did work what did you learn what did you like where do you want to go to from here and then we start to look at what that that kind of looks like so I wanted to touch on this because I think that I just keep seeing it as this massive problem. Now, the other thing I want to quickly talk about is this difference between product marketing and brand marketing, because it kind of relates. So one thing, when we're talking about results and we're talking about getting outcomes for our clients, we're trying to kind of basically productize what we do. Right. So, and that's why I keep, I'm using kind of the cookie cutter thing, right? A product is like, we're going to do these specific steps to get this particular, this specific outcome, essentially. Anthea Stevanovic taught me this. So shout out to Anthea. Um, that it's like, that's your service becomes a product when you're kind of going, we do one, two, three outcome. Right. Um, and when we're marketing that, that's kind of a lot easier. It's not easier, but it's like the transaction kind of becomes, you're doing more a transaction style of, of marketing. So you're going, right, like you're thinking about doing this. You're at this point where you're thinking about um, how can I take my bigger my business from six figures to seven, let's say. I want to take my business from six figures to seven figures. Okay, cool. So what we need to do is do this step, this step, and this step. This is what we, this is our process. This is what it looks like. This is the product and this is the outcome. And that I think we can do, even if we don't have the results to promise. Anne-Marie Walton, you said, understanding what value your fan base needs. Totally. Yeah, completely. A hundred percent. So the, it's actually interesting because a lot of people don't have the fan base, right? <laughs> like, and that's kind of, that's kind of part of what, what I've been thinking about a lot lately is it's like building those fans is actually the hard part. So building fans, and this is what I want to talk about next is like, that's a brand marketing play. That's not a product marketing play. So what we're seeing a lot in market at the moment for businesses is like, do the product marketing stuff, do the product marketing stuff. And it's like, yes, that is important. You need to be marketing your product. This is what we sell. This is the process. This is what happens as a result. And that I think anyone can do. It's just that the result might not be tied directly to 
um, a financial outcome. It might not be tied directly to um, to the things that we, we really wish we would be able to say, right? Because anyone in sales and lead gen are kind of at an advantage there because they can just go, well, this is how many leads you get for this much money, you know? And so then you can really tie it to a result. Like this is what I was saying before, Emery, if you're still, if you're still listening. So um, with a prod, I think we, we can, we kind of need to take this approach of going, I still need to productize myself but that doesn't mean cookie cutter and it doesn't mean guarantee. So how we productize ourselves then comes down to, I spoke about this a few weeks ago when I was talking about these six different interview formats that I designed. Um, so I read this book. It's called the, it's like, oh, I'll put the name in below. It's about these four different types of models you can use to kind of highlight what it is your service actually does and provides. Um, really, really good. So you have like the yes model and the excite model. So the yes model is like the outcome one. It's like, what are the benefits of working with me? You're going to get clarity. You're going to get growth. You're going to get, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. What are those outcomes? So we still need to be doing that. And I think we still need to be talking about our service in that productized way. But we also then need to be really clear about, okay, what, what is it we can promise and what is it we can't? So for, for a life coach, for instance, in one case, it might be, okay, someone decides to quit their job and start a business. For another client, it might be someone decides to quit their business and get a job. They're completely different outcomes because it's based on that individual. But what do they get in both cases? In both cases, they got more joy and fulfillment out of their life because they made a decision that's, that's going to make them happier. So it's like, or, you know, if you're a healthcare professional, might be like, I help people get more sleep. And as a result of getting more sleep, you're going to think clearer. You're going to have ideas. You're going to do, but it's less concrete and it's less ideal um, from that perspective of the person who's going, you just need, you need to have results. Like here's the story, here's the story, here's what's happened along the way with all these different clients that I've had. But at the same time, then you can start using that to your advantage. So what you can start to do is go, look at all these different clients who've gotten different results, but this all comes back to my central theme around these are the key benefits of my process. So I'll make sure I put a link here to that, um, those different models, the different, um, the, the book that talks about these four different models. Uh, and it's also why I'm doing the interview formats the way I'm doing them, because it's exactly that. It's like, how do we tell these stories where we're still talk, telling a story of transformation, but we can be a bit more nuanced. And in that nuance, I think we actually need to celebrate that and go, this is because I'm providing a more premium service because the, the people who are doing a more cookie cutter thing can't provide that kind of like um be there along the journey with you to go hang on let's tweak this here let's fix this here let's do this here so it's like we almost have to sell that as a benefit in kind of instead of kind of going oh but like it's not a guaranteed like this is what's going to happen you know because it's 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 more complex than that I hope that kind of makes sense. And for people watching, if it doesn't, please let me know and ask me questions because the feed, the feedback definitely helps me. So I've talked a little bit about why some businesses sort of struggle with promising results. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about the brand marketing side of things because this kind of goes back to your point, Emery, and goes back to something I've been saying the whole time around this sort of 
building your your um your fan base so brand marketing is about and and it often gets confusing Kat Zaharis and I Kat's my best friend um we chatted about this a few months ago uh on the show as well Kat's an amazing marketer um, and she's a brand marketer and she kind of brought this up in the show I was listening back to it today and I was like oh yeah I think this is a really good point to kind of just address again because it does get convoluted is product marketing we're talking about features we're talking about process we're talking about this is what we can deliver this is where we start this is where we end this is the outcome this is productization of my service I'm going to go and promote that specifically um, and, and we often see that as the promotional post, you know, like if you're kind of following a pattern on LinkedIn where you go, I'm going to do some like generic sort of content that's a bit more like thought leadership stuff. And then I'm going to go, here's my offer, right? That's like a product, mar- more of a product market approach where these ones are a little bit more brand building. So brand marketing is more about going, how do I make people feel good and excited and interested whenever I'm on the camera? or whenever I'm on social media, how do I create this little moment of delight or joy or inspiration, or um, maybe I'm informing them, or maybe I'm feeling like helping them to feel like they belong. But what am I doing on a daily basis to be top of mind? So people go, I just, I really like what this person's about. I just, I don't even, I don't even know what they sell, but I just want to follow them because like, I like what they're saying. And that's where things like podcasting is really powerful, where things like video marketing is really powerful. Yes. You can use those mediums to also do your product market, more kind of like product marketing, more like um, pitchy kind of stuff, but the brand building is the fan base. And for me, And I was in conversation with Perry Pappas yesterday, actually, we were talking about this. I was like, shout out to Perry. We were talking about um, that kind of like, because Perry's a salesperson and he was like, and he's a good salesperson, right? And I'm like, yeah. And like being a good salesperson is like kind of key to like keeping a business afloat. This is actually something Laurie who popped on before and commented has said before as well. It's like, that's the lifeblood of your business to steal Laurie's Um, way of phrasing it you have to have sales you have to have cash coming through the door but when you have a fan base it's like and um, the example Perry used was he used to work at Google and it's like when you call pick up the phone and you're from Google and you go can we have a meeting people say yes I know it's the same for like one of my bosses ended up going over to work at Fairfax and he's like we could just ring up PwC and be like let's have a chat oh yeah you're Fairfax of course we'll chat with you that's a brand thing that's nothing to do with product. That's like, of course, your your foot is in the door. We can have a conversation anytime because you're a brand that's recognized. And so what we're doing there when we're building our reputation, especially in a personal brand sense, is it's like we're basically doing this work so that when we pick up the phone to call someone or when someone interacts with us, they're super excited to chat with us. They're like, of course, I'll have a coffee with you. Like I hardly ever, I don't, I don't think for the last probably six months I've had someone say no to me when it comes to having a meeting. Sometimes we don't end up organizing it or it's kind of like, oh, it's just a bit hard with time differences and maybe things fall through the cracks, right? And then I have to go and look at that and be like, okay, what am I missing there? Um, It goes back to what we were talking about this week with customer relationship management. But I don't really get people saying no to me when I ask them for a chat. And I'm like, because a lot of our conversations start with like, 
hey, you're mates with my friend or you were on this podcast show that I heard you from or I love your show that you're doing. Or So all these conversations just start with like, oh, I saw you speaking at something. It starts on this really positive note. I'm like, okay, let's have a conversation. So I'm, I'm not, when, when we're having a conversation and we're saying like, oh, what's this relationship going to look like? Can we do business together? Can we help each other out? Can I help you? Can you help me? When we're having that conversation, it's really warm. And people are really excited and they're not sitting there going like, oh no, are you going to sell to me? Or, oh no, what are you going to say? It's like, it's a, it's a completely different conversation. Now that's a brand marketing play. And when I was talking to Catherine, she was saying, you know, brand building versus like product marketing. The research shows that you should be spending 60%, investing 60% of your time, money and efforts into brand building, which is the long-term play, which is like, be the Google of your category, right? That's what we're trying to do. Be the Google of your category, have heaps of fans, have people going, yes, I'm so excited to talk to you. And then 40% should be in the product marketing side. What I'm seeing is a lot of people are going, I really need sales. I'm going to do more product marketing. And that happens with big brands and it happens with small brands because it makes sense in our head. Okay, I need more cash coming through the door now. So I'm going to do a product marketing play or I'm also going to do like discounting. So that's what a lot of people say. Go, oh, I'm going to do a price promotion play where I go 50% off for this week only, you know, or, and, you know, again, big brands do this and small brands do this. I'm going to do this, this thing or this competition or something because I need more customers now. But the thing is, is like if you were doing the brand building thing for the last six months, you wouldn't have to rely on that so much. So we end up in this really negative cycle where we're kind of going, I'm constantly doing this product promotion play because I'm I'm not doing the brand building stuff and the product promotion play does need more of the results driven uh, content it does need more of that kind of what are the features what is the process what are those case studies etc so if you're at a point where you're like either I don't have case studies or I'm changing my offer which I know a lot of people are doing this year I'm changing my offer so now I don't have case studies for that particular offer what am I going to do? I'm like, start with the brand building stuff. Start building your thought leadership content. Start putting yourself out there that way. Start building the fan base so that when you go to those fans who already know you and you go, hey, I'm doing this thing, they're like, I already trust you. Why would I need, like no one ever asked me for case studies. I never get asked that question. And I, I'm like, well, this is a new product. So like I've only done it a few times. So we're still, we're going to see the results play out in the next six months. I can't, I can't tell you what that's going to look like. What I can tell you is this is what works. Generally speaking, this is what the research says. This is best practices. I can tell you all of those things in terms of individuals that I've worked with. There's not, there's insufficient data. I can't tell a story based on that. But what a lot of people are doing is they're taking insufficient data, trying to turn it into a story. And I've seen like, big names do this where they go, they take a really untypical result that like the one in a hundred client gets and they use that. And then all, they put a little disclaimer and they go, the results are not necessarily typical or whatever, but you've read that story and you go, Oh, that person's done that. I can do that too. If that, but you're like, you don't know where they came from. You don't know what capital they had, all those things that I mentioned in the beginning. So there's massive cognitive biases that those results are sort of driven um, messaging that results driven messaging is playing on to get us to purchase. And that's the, that product marketing approach. But what I would say is if you're doing something new, start building those stories, but also think about 
how are you going to do that in a way that is truly going to reflect what you do? Because you can end up burning bridges if people go, I expected this result and I actually got this result and like, what the hell? You want to build that social proof, but that's going to take time. In the meantime, have a look at like, how do I build trust? How do I build positive relationships? How do I build that fan base so that by the time I get, like I might, I can do this stuff. I can do the product marketing stuff, but actually this can actually keep me sustained anyway, because if I'm doing my sales, I'm doing my brand building, I can, I'm going to have a much shorter sales cycle so that I don't actually have to sit there and rely on like, oh no, I don't have cash coming through the door. I need to do a product. Because the other thing is to make the product marketing stuff work. It's a lot more expensive because brand building, you can do organically with content marketing. And yes, you can do some product marketing with, with content marketing as well. But if you really want it to work, essentially what you're trying to do is you're trying to hit people in that the 3% of people who want to buy right now. So it's a lot more expensive. It's a lot more competitive and your content needs to be like on point. Um, so yeah, I think that's everything I wanted to say about that. Um, what was the other questions I have for myself? I've talked about what you can do if you can't promise results. And I've talked about why businesses struggle with promising results. I think that's pretty much it. We're at the 30 minute mark. If there's no um, questions or comments, I'll jump off in just a second. I'm just trying to think if there's anything else to say. On Monday, I'll be releasing a new episode um, for Monday Motivation. I do that every week on the podcast show, um, but I release it as a video on YouTube as well. If you're not already subscribed to my YouTube channel, come over and subscribe there. Basically, what I've decided to do with YouTube is like sort of, I'm a big fan of ungated content, as some of you might know. I really believe in like democratizing education rather than making it hard for people to, you know, to be involved in that. So what I'm doing at the moment is I'm basically putting content out on YouTube that I'm like, if I was doing a course, this is the course I'll put together this is, and I'm like, yes, I could charge money for it, but I don't really want to. And it's just not my jam. That's not what I'm about. And I'm like, I can make money off YouTube anyway. So what I'm going to do is put all the content out for free. So my, (laughs) my new video on like why you should subscribe is literally like, don't pay for a course. Like before you pay for a course, watch this. So if you're not subscribed to my YouTube channel, do that on Monday, I'll be releasing an episode where we're going to start transitioning more into customer experience and customer service rather than talking so much about the prospecting side of things. So we talked about lead, we talked about been talking about leads and prospects and how to get customers, but also the other big thing, and it comes in really nicely from the customer relationship management stuff is once you have that, that customer on board, you can often upsell and cross sell, but you need to be having you need to be providing a really positive experience. That kind of goes without saying, but there's also these opportunities throughout that customer journey as they're, once they're signed on, where you can really leverage that to grow your brand and grow your business. Because our big, one of the big games that we're playing when we've got some clients and a lot of us are starting to get more clients again, right? Is you leverage that to build your reputation. And that's why it's such a big part of brand building. Like, and it's not talked about a lot of the time we talk about the outside and we don't talk about the inside. My new customer experience has become a big buzzword. So I guess we are talking about it a bit. Anne-Marie, you said, thank you. Um, thank you so much for joining me. It's nice to see you again. I hope you're doing well. 
Uh, have a fantastic weekend, Emery and Laurie and anyone else who's watching. Uh, and if you're listening back on the podcast later, I hope you have a great weekend. And I will talk to you again soon. See you later. All right, guys. So that's it from me for this week. Like I said, have a fantastic weekend. Any thoughts that you have about today's show, you can tweet with me at laurencress89. You can use the hashtag growyourbrand. You can jump on LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram, wherever you are. My preferences in terms of social is LinkedIn and Twitter, mostly LinkedIn. Um, But if you would prefer to be on Instagram, that's cool. Let people message me on Instagram. I'm just a little bit worse with checking it, but I do check it. All right, guys, until next time, remember that sharing your talents with the world will make it a better place.